Welcome to Reliance's Sunday Sermon. Worship with us at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Here we go. If you got your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew 7, verse 24 is where we're going to start at. But before we do that, Ryan said it earlier. I want to reiterate. Um, it always feels like when school starts, it's a new season. It's not a new calendar season. I know it's not a new year, but there's something about the school calendar. Even if you're homeschool or if, you're, if you send your kids to school, you go to Christian school, all schools start relatively at the same time. You've got a summer break, and then we launch into a new season. And if your kids are out of your home, you don't do the, have the kids or whatever and in, in, in stuff, your season still changes because you're coming out out of a summer season into a fall season. And so anytime seasons begin to change, it's always good that we ourselves as the want to talk about today is I want to recalibrate our heart for the new season that we're getting ready to enter into. And it's important because as Ryan said it, and I appreciate that he kind of brought this in, set it up already, there are so many distractions that are going to war for your heart in this season. I'm talking about everything in the landscape that's going on to just the busyness of our lifestyles, to the busyness of our culture, to the busyness of our world. Everything is going to war against you sitting down, getting your heart to a place of going, where is my heart in this season in alignment with what God's word says? And so we're getting our heart postured in a place of looking and recalibrating to go, God, I've been so off kilter this summer. I took a summer break from you, but it's time to get back on. Amen, church? So, it's good to address this. We've been in the book of Acts all summer long. It's been awesome. God stirred something in us, and now we're saying, God, we want to live that thing out. If you have tried to build anything um, in this last year, you would find that you essentially have to sell a kidney to buy anything you know, of value these days when it comes to building materials, right? Like prices have absolutely skyrocketed. I hear that they're coming down, but that's like gasoline. Until it gets to $1.25, it ain't coming down. You know what I'm talking about? So here we are, we're in this place this last year where if you like were building, it was absolutely insane, the prices. So, so being able to just say, I'm gonna build whatever I wanna build, you couldn't do that anymore. You had to really set down and process. You may have to downsize a little bit, but you had to count the cost to what it is that you were gonna build to see if you could afford it. You had to say, man, I don't know that what I was going to build I can even afford to build anymore. Here's the crazy thing about that. Jesus tells us the same thing when it comes to following him. He says it, and so we're recalibrating our hearts, and this is what he says when it comes to following him in Luke 14, 28, when he's talking about following him in discipleship, he talks about an analogy of building. He says, which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost? Whether he has enough to complete it or not, Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish it. So Jesus recognizes something important in building that he's displaying to us, which is, before we do anything, we've got to sit down and count the cost of building. And so today, I'm going to talk to you about building two houses, and what kind of house are you building? And what kind of foundation are you building on? And so before we do that, I want to season. I'm not saying you're not. Counted the cost of what it looks like to follow Jesus in this season. 
I'm not saying you're not believers. I'm not saying that you've fallen way off the trail of falling. I'm saying in this season, have you recalibrated your heart to say, this is what it's gonna cost me to make sure that I am focused on him and him alone. It may be that you find there's some distractions you gotta let go of, but you gotta count that cost. Now, once you've counted that cost, this is where I'm gonna spend most of the time today, is once you've assessed the cost of the house, then the next question is, what kind of house are you building and what kind of foundation are you building on? So here's what we see. What we see is in Matthew 5 through, uh, chapter 5 through chapter 7, Jesus gives one of the most epic sermons of all time. It's the Sermon on the Mount. You guys have heard, we've preached through this many times before. It's just one of the most epic sermons. He covers pretty much everything you need to know to live out the grace-filled life in Christ. So he's coming out of the wilderness after fasting for 40 days. He spends a little bit of time talking about repent for the kingdom of God is near. And then he's got a huge crowd of people following him. And he goes up to this mount and he sits down and he looks out and he sees the cooks like when we follow him. His first sermon that he's giving of what it looks like when we follow him. And then he begins to cover all sorts of things. He talks about the Beatitudes. He talks about me. He talks about, talks about lust. He talks about adultery. He talks about loving your enemies. He talks about giving. He talks about where the treasure of your heart is. He talks about all of these things that we need to know for a life in Christ, okay? And these things that he talks about are not always something that are comfortable to us. They actually confront us. The things that he tells us in the Sermon on the Mount, he's trying to confront your heart. There's a reason for that. Jesus wants to be all up in your business, amen? He wants to confront your heart and be up in your business because these things, when he's talking about your money, when he's talking about your lust life, when he's talking about your anger, when he's talking about your giving, when he's talking about how your attitude should be, it's going to confront your heart. It was supposed to. He's got all these people that are interested in him. They don't know yet who he is, but they're interested in him. And he wants to make sure that you and I know that he doesn't. So he lays out all of those things, and then he ends the Sermon on the Mount, this pinnacle epic sermon that scholars, whether religious or even non-religious scholars, will tell you is one of the greatest teachings of all time. Even non-religious scholars will say, it's one of the greatest teachings of all time. He addresses everything. He ends this pivotal moment and he says these words in Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it has a foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into, everybody say practice. Practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house. Listen what he says. And it fell with a, everybody say great. Great crash. This is an important scripture verse. You wanna know how I know this is an important scripture verse? Because when we were kids, we made songs out of this, this verse. Anytime there's an important scripture verse, we make songs in the church out of it. You guys remember this song? The wise man built his house upon the wise man built. The wise man built his house upon the. The wise man built his house upon the. And the rains came tumbling down. And the floods came. Okay, but you get it. 
that's not it. And the floods came. Okay, but you get it. If it's important, we put a song to it because we want our kids to know it. We want our kids to say one day, hey, look, you can build on a house, you can build a house on sand, or you can build a house on a rock. Which one do you want to build? And all of a sudden, your kids are going to recount the song. I know which one I'm going to build, not on the sand, because the rains came down and the floods came up and the house went kaput, right? And so we teach our kids this. We, we've heard this preached over and over and over, but there's something about in our life that happens as we grow up and mature that we forget and we start to build our house on foundations of sand and wonder why it's collapsing. Hmm? And so, in this verse, in this analogy, in this scripture that Jesus has given us, he's saying, we, every one of us on planet Earth, we are all building a house. The question all of us need to ask is, how we take his words and how we put his words into practice will determine on when the weather comes if our house will stand or not. This, this, this message that Jesus has given is not about the weather, FYI. This message that Jesus has given is not about storms, it's not about rain, it's not about wind. Storms, rain, and wind are a part of life. He's not teaching us about storms, rain, and wind. He's teaching us about our house. I want you to hear this because I think it's important today. I don't know if we're biblical people why we are surprised at the state that our world is in. I don't know why we're so like freaked out about the world right now. If we're Bible people, this is what I read. In Psalm chapter two, Jesus is having a conversation with his father and he says this, why do the nations rage against me? The nations will rage against the Lord. We all know that, right? Jesus will tell us, in this life you will have, he tells us that. I don't know why it's a surprise that there are storms that are coming and we're going, I'm a little freaked out. He tells us, in fact, he says, lawlessness is going to end. Many times he said, look, wickedness is going to increase. Lawlessness is going to increase. Be on, the, be on the watch, it's coming. And then here's the problem. You and I, myself included, we can get so caught up in the wind and the rain and the storms when the parable, so you know, FYI, I think it gets worse if I'm a Bible guy. And so here's why we're recalibrating. Our he says, here it is. This is how you're gonna find this thing. How you build your house and on what foundation. And so there is really nothing happening on earth right now that God is not aware of or that God has not spoke about. Come on, church. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not. There may be some guy behind some curtain that's pulling a lever, and he may be a bad guy, but I'm telling you, my God defeated him already. He did. So my battle is not against that. My battle is not against this guy pulling this lever. My battle is against the principalities of this dark world that Jesus nailed to the cross already. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to live victorious, knowing that wind and rain and weather is coming against me, but i got to make sure my house is on the right place. So here's what he's going to talk about. He's going to say, here's the thing. He's going to tell us. The question isn't so, isn't so much on why are these things happening. And I've gotten caught up in that. I was in this place last week. The question isn't so much on why are these things happening. It should be more on does my house have a foundation that will stand up to these things when they come? And if it does... They're coming. They're coming anyways. Does my house have a foundation that will stand up to these things? So he tells us, there's two houses. There's two houses. Which one will you be? 
Two types of people Jesus is speaking to on that Sermon on the Mount, and he's speaking to us today. Two types of people will emerge from this thing. Two types of believers. And I'm going to say two types of believers because here's the thing. He says to both the wise and the foolish one, whoever hears these words of mine. He's talking about people who hear his words, and one will put them into practice and the other one won't. So he's talking to us that we're hearing the word of the Lord, and then what we do with the word of the Lord is really where our heart's posture has to be at. The wind and the rain will just simply expose to what we're hearing in our hearts and what we're doing with it. So he first one, he lays out. He says, there's a wise man. And this wise man, he says, whoever hears these words of mine and puts them, everybody say, into practice, into practice, he says, is a man who builds his house upon the rock. So he's of mine, and he's putting them into a smart guy, a good one, because he's taking these words of mine, and he's putting them into practice. Look, we can't just hear the word of the Lord and do nothing with it. This is why we're recalibrating our heart as a church, as a church family. This is why we're asking questions of going, how do we become a house of prayer? Because no matter what, the wind is never going to decrease the prayer, amen? The rains are never going to destroy the prayer that God, that, that God availeth much with prayer, Scripture says. This is why we're looking at house churches, because we're saying, God, this is what you tell us to do. When the wind beats down and I've got 10, 15 families I'm doing life with, bring it, right? So this is why we're recalibrating our hearts, because Jesus says, whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on a rock, in fact, in Luke 6, 48, he says he's like a man building a house who dug, everybody say deep, who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. Jesus references this scripture, but all through scripture, Old Testament especially, you'll find this analogy of running to God as your rock and your refuge. In Psalm 62, 5 through 8, he says, for God alone, O my soul, for God alone, O oh my soul, weighs my rock. Listen to what he says. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, I and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. It is. He's it for us. This vision that David has in Psalm 62 is that God is the rock in whom he's building his life. And Ryan used the analogy of a horse drawing a cart. And he said it's like they have blinders on because they're so the same thing that he's saying. I have a path. Put the blinders on to go. You've got a path that you're on. This is the same thing that he's saying. I have a path that I'm on. I have sight for one thing, that my house will be built on the things of the Lord. And so he'll even address He'll even address this just a chapter back. He'll say, where's your, where's your treasure? Hey, where's your treasure at? Where, where, where are you storing up your treasure at? Destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Treasures here on earth where moths will eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures up in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Where your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. You see, Jesus isn't laying out a spiritual argument. He's simply making a common sense argument. Everything that you have is falling apart. Everything that you have right now is on its way to a garage sale or a dump eventually. Come on, amen? And some of y'all need to have garage sales. Everything, everything is going to wear out but one thing, Jesus. This body, your body is wearing out. Outwardly, what does he say? We're wasting away. But inwardly, we're being renewed. Look, 
everything is wasting away, but one thing is forever. Jesus. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord, and Jesus is the word of the Lord, stands forever. And so here we are having these battles of where we're storing up our treasure and what's my foundation look like? Am I building on the right thing? Is it centered on the right thing? Do I have vision for the right thing? It's a singular focus. This is why David prays in Psalm 86, 11, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Look what he says. Unite. Everybody say unite. Unite my heart to fear your name. David is asking that his heart would be united with the heart of the Lord. I don't fear the wind. I don't fear the fear that he has is the fear of the Lord, and it's a healthy fear. I don't fear the wind. I don't fear the waves. I don't feel the st- feel the fear the storm. I don't feel fear. <laughs> fear the surge. I don't fear those things. I only simply know that I run to my rock and my refuge, which is Christ. So that's the wise guy. Unfortunately, there's a foolish guy. There's a foolish guy who also hears the word of the Lord. He's up there on the mount. He's hearing the words of the Lord, and the Lord addresses him. He says, whoever hears these words, so he's not talking to people who've never heard the words yet. Whoever hears these words and does not put them into what? I've been in church my whole life pastor's kid and so I've just been in a church my whole life ministry for about 21 years and I would tell you that this is the hardest part for church folks it's not hard for us to hear the word of the Lord it's hard for us to put it into practice whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand the rain scripture says and it makes look I think a storm surge comes and it falls down, and Scripture says, and it makes, look, I think every word is important in Scripture. It makes a great crash. It's devastating. It's not a little bit. It's not like, oh, yeah, I lost a little bit. Garage fell off, right? My life just imploded. When we build on the stand, you could say, in essence, we're building on temporary things. We're building on things that we think will be our deliverance. We're building on things that we think our affection should be towards. We're building on things that we run to in many cases that we think are going to help us in life. I mean, there, we, we could list them. I, I'm not, I hope to retire someday, but we, we build our life on the deliverance that someday I'm going to retire and I'm going to have all my 401K and it's going to be beautiful, right? Some, some of you guys are laughing because you, you believe what I believe, which is, oh, it's gone, right? We, we, we build our life off of something that we think is going to fill us for a temporary moment. It could be drinking. It could be consuming drugs. It can be sex. It can be pornography. I just, cons- I'm just this addresses that on the Sermon on the Mount. We run to entertainment. I just, cons- I'm just this, this is the hardest one, right? Like, I'm, the TV will be my deliverance today. I just want to zoom out, veg out, whatever. I don't, I don't even care what's on. Just, or, or sports, or whatever it may be. Good things, could be good things. We run to friends. Man, my friends, my friends are gonna save me. My friends are gonna save me. And, and, and here's the problem. Some of those things are great, some of them not so great, but all of those things are just simply temporary. It's sand. It's shifting constantly. And the house that's built on those things will come down with a great crash. 
And so, what do we do? This morning, I really felt a, a challenge in my heart of where you're building your house and what kind of house you're building. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, and I'll invite the band up because we're running out of time and I want to have some prayer time here. In 2 Corinthians 3, verse 10, Paul gives us a word on this because he understood the analogy of building. And here's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3.10. Each man must be careful how he builds on it, the foundation of Jesus. For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which Christ has already laid, which is, or which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. If any man builds on the foundation with gold or silver or precious stones or wood or hay or straw, each man's work will become evident for the day will show it because it will be revealed with fire and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a great reward. If he's a wise builder, he will receive a great reward. But if he's a foolish builder, if any man's work which he has built on it remains, he'll receive a great reward. But if a man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, yet as though through the fire. You see, church, I really feel in my heart today that there's a recalibration that needs to come. If you turn on the news right now, what you'll see, inflation, what you'll see is there's a crisis on the border. What you'll see is countries all over right now are in turmoil and rising up. What you'll see is there's a resurge in COVID-19. What you'll see is all of these winds and rains and storms that are coming. But the parable is not about those. Heaven, he's talking wind and the rain and the storms. That's a given. He's talking about your house. Is your house on the rock? I want to take just the next four. Or is your house on the sand? This morning, I want to take just the next four minutes or so. And I, I want to get down and do some foundation repair. When I was in college, I used to build pools. And we used to pour all these big concrete decks. And to get down on our knees to get the concrete how we wanted it and get the cracks out. We had to sit there and smooth it out and put a little water on it and smooth it out as we poured that concrete, but it took some knee work. A posture of humility before the Lord. And so this morning, if you're in here and you know that there's some foundation repair that needs to happen, your house has been built a bit on the sand and not on the rock. And look, there's seasons where we go through. I can tell you in this last few weeks, I've been building on sand. And I've been wondering, God, why are you so distant? My house has been coming down. My, just my heart. And so I'm recalibrating my heart. David went through a season where his house came tumbling down. Abraham went through seasons. Maybe that's you this morning. Came tumbling down because they weren't fixed with their house built on the rock. So maybe that's you this morning. I'm going to ask you if you would, if you feel comfortable doing this, just get on your face before the Lord. You can turn around and use your chairs and altar. If you can't get down on your knees, you can sit there. You can come to the cross if you want to. The altar is going to be open. But I'm going to challenge you to do a little foundation repair today. Recalibrate that and ask yourself the question, am I a wise builder or am I a foolish builder in this season? Am I building my house on the rock or have I allowed my house to start being built on some temporary things? One is wise, one is foolish. And he gives us the answer on what to do. Take the word of the Lord and put it into practice. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that there would be some foundation repair today. I pray, Father, that you'd come in and do a little heart work, 
little foundation repair, and I pray that the, the men and women that leave this place today would be a bunch of wise builders who walk out of this place because we believe that your word is true. In Jesus' name, amen. We're just gonna dim the lights and you guys just take your time and just stay and pray and turn around. You can use your altars or your chairs and altar. Get on the floor, whatever it is you wanna do. Let's just go before the Lord. Thanks for tuning in today. To find out how to get more involved, go to reliancecommunity.org. Have a great week.